Hi, welcome to the Rafiki Foundation podcast. I'm Karen Elliott, and I'm your host. I'm the executive director for the Rafiki Foundation. The Rafiki Foundation is a nonprofit Christian ministry. We're based in Eustis, Florida. We are, have been working in Africa for over 35 years now, and we have a main mission of helping people know God and help them raise their standard of living. And we do that two ways, through Bible study and classical Christian education. Rafiki's strategy is to work in 10 countries in Africa. And in each one of those countries, we have a Rafiki village. And each Rafiki village has an orphanage or a children's home and also a classical Christian school for those children. Plus, it is open to children in need from the surrounding community who all come on some form of scholarship provided by wonderful Rafiki donors. We also, in seven of the ten countries, have an operational classical Christian teacher training college, which we call RICE, the Rafiki Institute for Classical Education. In that program, we offer diplomas, certificates, and even associate's degrees in classical Christian education for preschool and primary school teachers. And so God has given us this mission And because of that, we've been asked to give this podcast to talk a little bit about what's happening in Africa with classical Christian education. So this podcast is devoted to discussing all things classical, Christian, missional, and African. We're going to be answering the question, what does Athens have to do with Accra, Addis Ababa, Abuja, Africa? The question I keep getting from people is this. What is the relevance of a Western civilization education to Africa? And I think you will find it is not only appropriate, but essential in Africa. What I want to discuss on the podcast today is what does Athens have to do with Abuja, Addis Ababa, Accra, and Africa? In other words, I want to answer the question, why is a liberal arts education not only appropriate, but essential to Africa? I'm working, I worked on an essay for um, Faulkner University. I'm working on a, I'm working on a doctoral, uh, in their doctoral program, which is a really good uh, program, PhD in humanities. So uh, one of the essays I wrote for our, one of our courses uh, had touched on this topic. So I want to just go through parts of that in this podcast just to give you an idea of some of the reasons why a liberal arts education is not only appropriate, but absolutely essential to Africa. I recently read a headline that declared this. It was a newspaper headline or an online news resource that said this, South Sudan, teach us how to become carpenters. South Sudanese want to shape their future. In this uh, article, one of the men, a Sudanese man, said, we need jobs, but don't just give us jobs. Teach us how to be carpenters. But the question I want to ask is this. Is that all that is needed to shape a country's future? Vocational skills and job training? I mean, really, the question we need to ask ourselves is, why should a Sudanese explore Socrates and Shakespeare? 
when all he needs to do is survive? That's an age-old question, isn't it? Well, this podcast addresses several concerns regarding the value of the liberal arts at liberal arts for education systems in the African continent. The question we need to ask ourselves is this, are the liberal arts, is the Christian liberal arts, is it universal? Or does it only have relevance for the West? Is not a vocational education more useful? That's certainly an education question that has been asked for two to three millennia. Isn't that right? What I want to contend here is that a liberal arts education is not only appropriate for Africa, but essential for its future development. It is the best education for cultivating human beings, developing free societies, and unifying and strengthening the continent through the church. First of all, a liberal arts education aims to cultivate wisdom and virtue, which results in human flourishing. The longing to know, as James Shaw calls it in one of his books, is the essence and heart of what constitutes a rational human being. Aristotle once said, to be learning something is the greatest of pleasures, not only to the philosopher, but to the rest of mankind, however small their capacity. You know, through carpentry, you can know something. This, uh, the South Sudanese man, the student, wanted to know how to do carpentry so he could put, support himself. And through that, you can know something. But to not develop the capacity to know all things, to learn to think, is a real detriment to our human flourishing. While intellectual pursuits can be dangerous, we all know what C.S. Lewis said about clever devils. The liberal arts can provide a disciplined exploration of truth, beauty, and goodness. And as Cicero mentioned, it opens one's heart to virtue, wisdom, and noble actions. Along with developing wisdom and virtue, a liberal arts education is most suitable to humans. We are not just tools, we are souls. The trades do produce beautiful crafts. However, they are often solely for money-making, and the human being becomes mainly an extension of those tools. Vocational studies do have their place, but as Seneca said, they are our apprenticeship and not our real work. Education systems in Africa focus on skill training, teaching a student to do one thing. However, a liberal arts education teaches one how to learn to do anything. A skills-based education will teach you how to do something. It will give you a job, which is a good thing. In fact, in Rafiki villages, where we do classical Christian education, we make sure all of our students learn a vocation, learn how to farm, learn how to fix things, learn how to plait hair, anything they could do to employ to be self-employed. But at the same time, we expose them to Bach and Beethoven and Brahms and Renoir and Monet and Michelangelo. We've had young people say, you know what, someday I hope I can go see the Sistine Chapel. I had two of our teachers come and talk to me and they said, you know what, we're good friends and we love being in the great conversation. Just call us the Inklings. 
People want to learn to know and they want to learn. It is part of human flourishing and it's the same in people all around the world. So education systems that focus primarily on skills training can teach a student to do one thing, but a liberal arts education can teach you how to learn to do anything. Not only is that suitable for human flourishing, but I will say this. With the rapidly changing economies of the world, a liberal arts education is a better preparation for the future. Computer courses come and go in a moment. However, Plato's dialogues are still relevant to today. So not only is it most, it's the best education for human flourishing, it is also classical Christian education or the liberal arts is the education of free men. Men who are free both materially and free from themselves. As you know, if you are interested in classical Christian education, you already know that the ancients viewed the vocations as work for slaves. Why continue to educate people, however, only for the work of slaves? Why not provide an education that fosters freedom both within the human being and without? You know, a job provides limited self-sufficiency or happiness, but the liberal arts expand self-sufficiency by enabling us to know our destiny and truth, thus freeing us from ourselves. We are freed to become what we were intended to be, because within that tradition, there's an emphasis on acquiring virtue and avoiding vice, and it provides self-sufficiency even if one has limited means. Aristotle said this, for self-sufficiency and action do not depend on excess, and we can do fine actions even if we do not rule the earth and sea. You see, ordinary persons, see, one of, the, one of the problems people have about classical Christian education is they think it's only for Europeans. They don't really see how it's going to have a place with people from Africa who perhaps haven't been exposed to the things of Europe, which is not true so much today. But ordinary people, so to speak, ordinary people like me, can engage in actions that express virtue. You know, one of the greatest hindrances to the development in Africa is corruption, and that's according to research. So imagine what changes a Christian liberal arts education could provide. I was talking with one of our good church leader friends, Peter Kanya, the late Peter Kanya, who was the secretary general of the Presbyterian Church of East Africa. Uh, I was talking to him about classical Christian education, and he presented a paper at our conference in 2019. And this is exactly what he said. He said, classical Christian education is the solution to fighting corruption in Africa. That's because he understood that a liberal arts education is the education of free men, free materially, but also free from themselves because it's an educational system that was focused on fostering virtue and avoiding vice. It enables um, men to men and women 
even with limited means, to do fine actions to express virtue. You know, not only, however, does the liberal arts education foster freedom from the self, it can do that. It enables people to be free from domination of others. We all know about the scramble for Africa. And if the African continent wants to avoid another round of colonization, the liberal arts tradition provides a way. Other objections to a liberal arts education reside in its emphasis on Western civilization and perceived lack of connection to African culture. Well, first of all, I want to make this point. We all know that it's not just an education that was rooted in Europe. North Africa participated in this. And so it's not just a white man's European education. In addition, as one of my African friends, African teachers said, I don't care where truth comes from. I just want the truth. If it comes from white men from France or black men from Algeria, I don't really care. I just want the truth. But the objection about a liberal arts education and its Western civilization emphasis and its lack of connection to African culture is also, that objection is also answered this way. And I have uh, Brian Williams from Eastern University to thank for this. Uh, For two millennia, classical Christian education was the education of the church. And of course, do you know that over 50% of the people on the continent of Africa affiliate with Christianity. As you know, the Apostle Paul used the writings of the Greek poets and St. Augustine, the North African bishop, and he commended the reading of the works of philosophers that were true. From the early church fathers to present-day scholars, there is a support for the liberal arts education because much of liberal arts education is more biblical than classical. The Christian liberal arts tradition would transcend tribal culture and strengthen the church because it would give them a common history because it was the education of the church. And 50% of Africa is Christianized. You see, friends, a Christian classical education for the continent of Africa is absolutely essential. Not only is, was it the history of education in the church, and Africa is primarily Christian, but also Africa is the fa- some of the fastest growing Christian populations exist on the continent. In fact, many say that Africa is the future of the church. The question we ask ourselves is, what kind of church will it be? From this perspective, a classical Christian education for the church would strengthen and deepen the church in its understanding of the faith. Secondly, if we are what we remember, then the liberal arts would develop a common history across a multitude of people groups. Lastly, a liberal arts education cultivates a mindset of inquiry and fosters reflexive praxis that can lead to a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. So classical Christian education can be a unifying factor for the church. It can also foster deeper thinking, which will make the 
Christianity that has spread quickly and widely throughout the continent over the last 150 years. And as it, uh, it will help deepen the um, church's understanding of doctrine, of practices, and of its history, thereby setting a firm foundation for the future of the church, not only for Africa, but for the world. So I'd like to say on this podcast that we need to invite Africans to engage with the great conversation in the great conversation so that their voices can be added to it. There is a lot of what is true and good and beautiful in the world right there in the African continent. Classical Christian education not only helps people to survive, but thrive. Wisdom and virtue free humans and battle corruption. A common history overrules tribalism and a thinking strengthened church can discern contrary philosophies and can grow in the likeness of Christ. So that's my argument, one of them, for why a classical Christian education is not only appropriate, but absolutely essential for Africa and not just for Africa, but the world. Stay tuned for future podcasts that will delve into this more deeply. I'm going to talk about why the African continent is important. We will be talking with parents and teachers, African parents, African teachers, students, um, and uh, headmasters of schools to uh, help support and see the relevance of classical Christian education in Africa. So join with us, and if you'd like to know more and help be a part of this work, go to our website, rafikifoundation.org. I'm Karen Elliott, and I'm your host. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for more.